Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. So happy Father's Day, and um, thank you for being here. Listen, I know this, that in this generation in our culture right now, one of the biggest attacks that the enemy is doing is on the father figure is on the father figure. It's an attack against it because it's such an important role in each and every one of our lives, you know, that father figure. So if if the enemy can can tamper something that's supposed to be so beneficial in our lives, man, he can he can mess up generations. Mess up generations. And I, I truly believe that's what the enemy is doing in this culture. And I don't know what your experience is or was with the father figure in your life. It could have been good. Um, my, my dad was a great dad. I mean, he was, he was the best dad. I'm biased, but he was the best one, all right? He was the best one. He went to go uh, with, with Jesus uh, two years ago, and, um, um, but, you know, just the impacts he has put in my life since, since we were growing up, you still feel those impacts because the father figure is such an important role. And the enemy can try to tamper this. So I don't know what your experience is with your, your earthly father, but I'm here to tell you if it was bad, then, you know, I want to say I'm, that you're sorry, but also there's a heavenly father that can mend those wounds, that can meet you right where you're at. And whatever you're dealing with, Jesus is there. Jesus is there to, to be that father figure. But also there's people that stepped up in other people's life and become that father figure. So we, we, we honor each and every one. So happy Father's Day to everyone. And as we were, as we're going through this father figure, and we're going through our Jacob series, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm one of those pastors that I'm too honest sometimes, to a fault. Okay, this message was very hard for me. Uh, when I was studying this week, and um, I don't know why. I mean, I erased it like four or five times. Our, our people with doing all the graphics, I apologized to them this week. I said, hey, I, I it just, I'm just not. I'm wrestling with this thing. And sometimes when that happens, it's either like it's very bad, scratch it and do it again, or it's, it's, it's a message that, you know, that the enemy doesn't want to go forth, doesn't want to go forth, and you just, I'm, I've been wrestling with. So this is kind of fresh coming out of what God has given me in this, in this season. Um, and it, it might not be for everybody, but I'm just going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and just, just say what he wants to say in this place. And as we were going into this um, um, series, it was a battle to do it, but I'm here to tell you this, that your life is important. Your life is important. Not only your life, but if we look at the progression of what Jesus did, there was a progression of this fatherly figure in the Bible. We, saw, we hear it say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's this progression that always happens. There is something important about a genealogy or, you know, or, or a lineage of your life. Clear, clear example, we see, we see God, uh, Jesus, you know, made sure that we knew the lineage, the genealogy of his life. Why? Because the bloodline of Jesus mattered. The people that were a part of it, the people that were not a part of it, he wanted us to identify the bloodline to get to who he was because it's so important, the bloodline in our life. 
That's why so many people, there, there's this craze going on right now about everybody trying to figure out why, the, the past history of their, of their life, Ancestry.com, and I think it's like 23andMe, because we want to understand why we are doing the things we're doing, and most of the time, it comes through our bloodline. Like our great-great-grandfather, our, our, our uncle, you know, like, it, it, you know, some of these things are surprising that, that, you're, that you're like, oh, man, they did that. So I, under, I un- understand why my family line has gone to this point or why we're doing some of the things or, or some of these generational curses are still impacting my family is because it's in the bloodline. And we see that, that Jesus was so important to identify certain things in his bloodline from, Ab- from, Abraham, from Abraham all the way to Jesus. See, there's things in that, that happened to your grandfather or great-grandfather that sometimes is still affecting your life now. Good and bad. Good and bad. See, the bloodline was very important to Jesus, his genealogy, his, his, his lineage. Let me tell you this today. Let me set some people free today. If there was something in your bloodline, in your, in your history, in your family that embarrasses you or haunts you even to now, it can be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be your story. Let, let me, I'm just going to be you know, frank with you today. Just because it happened in your bloodline doesn't need to be your story. See, we, we see the mistakes and we see the, 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 the issues that happen through our family, and we can take it as a lesson for the future. That's why the enemy always reminds us of our family's bloodline to entangle us now. Well, your dad used to be an alcoholic. Well, your grandfather used to be this. Your family line was full of these kind of people. And then you take that as your identity now, and it entangles us and not lets us be free because it matters. The mistakes are the mistakes, but it doesn't have to be your mistake. It's a lie. The bloodline, let me tell you this, you might be in this place because your family line, and it might be from people's mistakes, but I'm here to tell you today, there's an intersection of the blood of Jesus Christ that can make your mess and turn into a message this morning, that you don't have to live those things again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, it says it like this, and for as in Adam all die. That's, that's man, that's human. For as in Adam will all die, and also in Christ we shall made alive. Made alive. In Romans chapter 5, verse 19 says, For as by one man's disobedience that many made sinners, so by one man's obedience many made were righteous. Doesn't matter what happened in your bloodline. When Jesus' blood covers it, it can be washed away as far as the east is from the west. You can have a fresh start. And as we're going through this thing, I don't, I was try, this is where I was wrestling with God. I'm like, why, are, why do you want me to speak on these things? Why, why do you want me to speak on these generational curses or these generational issues that are happening? Because he's saying, I want to free people today. I want to free people from stuff that they don't even know that they're dealing with that was pa- back in the past that you have to d- deal with today. Because somebody has to deal with the curse. There's somebody in the bloodline that has to be like, enough is enough. 
As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my family, this is going to be the end. As for me and my family, we have to do things better. See, there has to be that one to step up. See, as we are going to, like I said, our Jacob series, we, we see Jacob of uh, uh, Jacob's bloodline going down, and and if you if we if you watched a lot of our messages for the past couple of weeks, you understand that this family was a hot mess. Like Jerry Springer, Maury Show has nothing on these people, right? They are a hot mess. You think your family's a hot mess? I mean, let's talk about the family that Jesus that that God said, hey, from this family, Jesus is going to be born. Think about that. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. He could have been the best family line, but he picked the line of the family that was the most jacked up. And it started with Abraham. It started with Abraham. We're going we're gonna to go down this, the, the, the bloodline through Jacob because we can learn some things, in, some practical things for our life as well to looking at other people's mess-ups. <laughs> Do you understand that you can, you can be a spectator and look at people's mess and say, hey, I don't want to do this for my life. And this is what sometimes we can do as the Bible. We're like, hey, I wouldn't do it this way, but guess what? Take that as a lesson. Don't do it. So we're going to go through these, this, this story of this family from Abraham to, to Jacob and see what some things that they, they learned and didn't learn through their bloodline. And then we're going to talk about the promise that God has for us. So let's go to number, number one. Let's go to Abraham and Isaac. All right. God gave, and, and the thing is obedience to deliverance. This messed up family, well, let's talk about the most, uh, the famous character, Abraham. God gave Abraham a promise. I mean, the, he was going to be father of nations. Let's go here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and, one and 3 says, go, go from your country and your, and, and, and your father's house and the land that I have shown you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I mean, that's a big promise that God gave Abraham, that through your seed, that through you, Abraham, will be the father of nations, and, and I'll curse those who curse you. And, and it was such a beautiful promise, and then Abraham has this promise on his life, and, and they said that, you know, through his seed, man, the miracles will happen, great nations will happen. I mean, and eventually Jesus will come through that, through that lineage, but the thing is, is Abraham accepted the promise but hated the timing. See, at times, God wants to bless us, but it, he wants to bless us at his timing, not at yours. He wants to give us the provision that we need. He wants to give us the deliverance we need, but at times, there's this thing called waiting on the Lord. But we don't like waiting because we want it now. And in this generation that we're dealing with now, in this world that we're dealing with, it's all about now. Let's just talk about the people that, that, um, that went into Bitcoin real quick. quick. How's, your, how's your Bitcoin going right now? Because we want the instant, the instant, the instant. Eric's like, yeah, I try to tell you people. I try to tell you people. We want the instant things in life. But sometimes the best thing in life is to wait. The issue with Abraham was the timing and the ability of the promise. 
he took matters into his own hands. So let me just try to break this down for you. So his wife, Sarah, couldn't have, uh, couldn't have a kid. So it's, it's kind of weird when the promise was through your baby, babies, basically, uh, great nations will happen. But then your wife can't have kids. How funny is that? If I, if I was Abraham, I'd be like, God, it's kind of weird. Let, let's have the conversation real fast. Like you're telling me that through my seed, through, through, through me, that there's going to be a great nations. But the problem is, you know, you blame the wife. She can't have babies. <laughs> How is that promise? Sometimes in life, the promise doesn't make sense, but it's still the promise. It's not, our, it's not our job to make sense of it. It's our job to be obedient in it. But Abraham didn't do that. Actually, Sarah comes one day, and it was times from, it was a, a time period when God gave Abraham the promise, and they had to wait so long, but then they got fed up with waiting. And Sarah comes to Abraham one day. She's like, hey, we waited a little bit. I can't have kids. Let's put this plan together. I got this servant, her name's Hagar. Won't you with her? Won't you, you know, go have, have babies with her? It's still your seed, it still will be blessed. She was a little right, but the reality is, is it was supposed to be through Sarah. But Abraham's like, hey, I've been waiting. <laughs> And I've been waiting. So he takes Hagar. They have a kid. He's Ishmael. But then here's the thing. Then Sarah gets mad at Hagar for having a baby. Bro, this is crazy stuff, bro. Like you read the Bible and it's like, what? You're like, come on. Like, she gets mad. She mistreats Hagar. Like, how can you have not, how, how can you have a baby? It's your, it's your, this is your decision, dummy. Sarah, you the one that did this. And Abraham being a, a man, you know, men, us men are dumb sometimes. We can, he, Abraham should have been like, no, I'm the man, you know. But he's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. So Ishmael comes into place, and, 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 mistreat, and they mistreat Hagar. And, they, and then at an at, at a older age, then Sarah, it says in the Bible that, that God opened her womb. And she finally has a kid, and his name is Isaac. And it was the original promise that God's given them. God said he will bless his bloodline. So now we have this weird situation that Isaac was the one that's supposed to be the promise. But now we have Ishmael over here. <laughs> Like, what do you do with this guy? The Hagar son. Here's the thing what God does. This is, this is what you need to understand. Even through your mistakes, God can still bless. Even through your mistakes. That's a, that doesn't give you a license to just make mistakes all the time. Let's, be, let's not be crazy. But even through your mistakes, God's promise still goes through. Because he said, hey, Isaac is the one but I'm still going to bless Ishmael. He's still going to be a great nation. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That even through, when we get our hands in the midst of the, the, and just mess it up, God said, you know what? It's not the baby's fault. You're the dumb one, but I'm still going to bless. See, the, the promise was there. And, and, and then, then 
the, the story gets a little crazy. Now, Isaac is here, and Isaac's like the blessed one. Ooh, I'm Isaac. I'm the promised, you know, the one that's supposed to take the seed down. And then one day, um, God, goes to, um, um, God goes to Abraham and says, Hey, Abraham, let's, let's get some sticks and some stones, and let's go up on this mountain. And Abraham's like, all right, let's do it. Make a sacrifice. And God says, sacrifice Isaac. Now, God, I've been through a lot to get to this point. And now you want to give, you want to take away the thing that you already promised. If I was Abraham, me and God would be having some words real fast. Like, I know I messed up, God. And I tried to change my life. But now you want me to give you the thing that you promised me? Nah. But Abraham knew this, that in the midst of him putting his hands on it, it wasn't as blessed. So he learned something. And now he's on top of a mountain. And God says, hey, we're going to sacrifice your son, which later on, if you really read it, it's an indication what happens to Jesus later on. That he picks up the sticks, puts it on his back, go to a mountain, and says, sacrifice the son. It's a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to go through. But here's the thing. Jacob, uh, um, Abraham understood one thing at this moment. He learned from the lesson. He said, if God says it, it doesn't matter how crazy it sounds, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I messed it up before, and this is what happens with us. We mess up, and we're like, oh, man, that's, that's things. But then when it comes for another trial, we mess up again. We have to learn from the lesson. So Abraham's like, okay, I don't like this. I don't accept it, but I'm going to do it because I trust God. And what did God do? He provided deliverance. Obedience is always better than sacrifice. And obedience always, that if you're obedient, there's always deliverance from the situations in life. See, in, first, in, in John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, if you love me, you will keep my what? Commandments. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14, as an obedient children, do not conform to the passions of the former ignorance. He's basically saying, hey, stop doing the dumb things that you used to do. In first John chapter 5, verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. I love that one because sometimes it is burdensome. <laughs> oh, do I, have to do, do I have to go to church again? Oh, do I, have to, do I have to be nice to people again? And when they don't, you know, I don't want to be nice. Yes, it's not burdensome because deliverance only comes through obedience. And Abraham have to, had to learn that. He had to learn the lesson to be delivered, but he had to learn it in obedience. Obedience is important in our life. Number two, let's go to Isaac, and then let's go to Jacob. The deceiving to the blessing. So now we have Grandpa, Abraham, going crazy and sleeping with people and going crazy over there. Now we got the son, Isaac, the promised one. Now he has a kid. His name is Jacob, and we've been talking about Jacob for the past couple weeks. And we know that the, this, this story gets a little crazier because there's this, the, the, the whole thing goes by there's a blessing, 
and then there is a uh, there's a blessing, and then there is I'm I'm going blank here. Blessing and um, birthright, birthright. There's a blessing, and there's a birthright that was that was given to the firstborn, and the firstborn was Esau, and Jacob kind of deceived himself to get that birthright and to get that blessing. And we see deception happening in the family, the family line. First, we had lying and kind of doing your will. Now, through the family line, we have deception going to the promise. But the reality they had to understand this is God gave them the promise, and they didn't have to deceive to get it. See, sometimes we try to play gods. If somebody tells you that, like, you have to do, like, you're a mini god, that's a lie. God is God. <laughs> We, 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 we're servants to him, and he controls what's happening as a, as a blessing. But the deception came, and Rebecca told um, Jacob to be like, hey, why don't you do this? And, you know, I heard that he's going to give him the, the uh, that Isaac is at old age, and he, he's blind, and why don't you go and basically cheat your way into a promise that he was already given? Look how dumb. Sometimes when you deceive yourself, you look dumb. Because, Jacob, you were already blessed. God already said that the, the youngest was going to be over the, the oldest. But you're looking dumb right now. You, you ever see those people like in, in, when you, they're doing something crazy, and you're like, you just look dumb. Like, stop. This is where they were. Like, why are you deceiving? Why are you listening? You're already blessed, but he did. But the thing that we have to see here. And this is crazy to me, because if I was God, I'd be like, okay, remember that promise I gave you? Put it back in my pocket, because you don't deserve it. But God's promise still went forth, because he is a just God, and he's a faithful father, and he's a man of his word. So if you can see out of crazy people that he was a still man out of his word, what is that for your life? You can stand on the word and still be faithful and he's a man of his word. Yeah, you might mess up sometimes, and you might go crazy at times, and you might like deny him at times, but, well, you know, but guess what? He's a man of his word. He will still fulfill the promise in your life. And we see this, the deception going through the bloodline in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 13. It says, for I, for I the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I'm the one who helps you. The right hand meant the hand of authority. So he's saying, listen, I have the authority. I'm going to be the one to make this thing happen. You don't have to look dumb. I'm going to make it happen for your life. You're blessed even when you don't see it. Stop striving to try to do all these things on your own. Yes, I'm not saying to just be lazy and wait, but you know what? You know one is not of God. And you're trying to manufacture and not listening to his voice and his will and trying to do your will. We have to know that the deception of this, it, it, you're not only going to deal with it, it's going to go down the line. How about number three? We go from, from, from Isaac to Jacob, and now Jacob to Joseph. Man, this, this thing is getting crazy. Because now we go... To Jacob, wanting a woman, and he loved Rachel. He loved Rachel. I'm not going to go on your message. I promise. I'm not going there, all right? He loved Rachel. 
but he got Leah. And if you're reading the Bible, Leah wasn't that, she wasn't that, she ugly, okay? She, it, it, said, it said that in the Bible, she was lazy of eye. How, how, how depressing is that? Like, this is the Bible. going to be read for generations, and your name is Lazy of Eye. But he loved Rachel. But he got Leah. The trickster was tricked. You reap what you sow. Because Rachel looks good. Because what you've done, you deserve a leave. I ain't going to your message, I promise. All right. Here's the thing. When Rachel finally conceived, it said again that God opened her womb. She couldn't have babies. Here's the line, the bloodline. It's, it's a familiar thing, huh? Like you can learn from what happened to your great-great-grandfather. But here's Jacob not learning the lesson. And he had to serve, and he had, and, and, but guess what? Us men, he still took Leah because he had some babies with Leah. But he wanted Rachel. See, it said he, Rachel's womb was open, and here comes Joseph. And Jacob loved Joseph because he was the one that was promised. He loved, he loved Joseph because he loved Rachel and he tolerated Leah. Be careful with people that just tolerate you. There's a difference between being tolerated and being loved. And if you're in a relationship that's just tolerated, that's not love. Because Jacob still took advantage of Leah for what he wanted. But he still loved Rachel. That's just a side note. That's not part of my message. We'll go there later, okay? So now Joseph is born, and they, have a bunch, and they had a bunch of kids. And now Joseph is loved by Jacob. I mean, favored by Jacob. He was favored by Jacob. I mean, he, he loved his kids, other kids, or liked them, or probably even tolerated them. But he loved Joseph because he was part of Rachel. He, and his brothers dismissed Joseph hated Joseph because they were jealous of the favor that was on Joseph's life. Now, we're going to park here for just a little bit. Because here's the thing. Let me tell you this. Sometimes I don't understand why God blesses others and he doesn't bless others. You know, they say, why good things happen to bad people? I don't know. I, I, I wish... I can come up here and give you the churching answer and be like, we'll pray about it. Um, but the reality is, is like, I don't know. It says that he gives and he takes away in the Bible. So I don't understand why he blesses some and doesn't bless others. But this is what I know. But when you are in a blessing season, which you will be in, it might not be monetary, but it just you're, you're just being blessed. When you're in a blessing season, be careful of the people that don't understand the favor over your life and try to crush you. Now I'm getting real, real fast. Because there's going to be a time when you know God is working in your life 
and people are not going to like it. It's jealousy. And us Christians, we're the worst at it. We should be the best. We should be supporting each other. Go, go. But we, we're horrible at this. We crush other Christians when we're supposed to be celebrating. God is blessing you. If you're blessed, I'm blessed. But what do we do? Oh, you've seen them. <laughs> I wouldn't have wore that. No one's asking you. Oh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that with my kids if I, if I was them. Who cares? God didn't give them to your kids. They're my kids. So if I want to spank them, they're going to get holy spanked. But if you don't, hey, we're good. Who, what gave us the right to judge others when you're not favored for that season? We look at other people's seasons and we're like, oh, if we don't have that, then we're less of. No, maybe it's just a season of favor in their life. And we need to celebrate because when we celebrate, God puts a target on our back. Hey, we're, we're loving each other. We're celebrating each other. But the reality is when you are on your mountaintop, people will come and crush you. You will think it's opposite. Hey, if I'm getting blessed, you know, bring my entourage. Let's go. But the reality is there's always that bad apple. But here's the thing. Sometimes you're the bad apple. Because in a season of favor can also bring a season of pride. And this is what happened. And, and, and if you haven't been in church a long time and you see all the bad things that are happening in the church, I want to say, I want to apologize, number one. We, we failed at times. We're human. But there's a lot of people that are in the ministry that have failed in a season of favor. Because favor without humility becomes pride real quick. I'm building my kingdom. They have to follow me. Listen, if you follow me, you're going to be screwed up. I'm not that good. I have the mic right now, so I can say anything I want. Not really. But if we don't care, be careful in a season of God blessing, we... we Focus more on the blessing and not the provider. And when the blessing's not there anymore, we curse the provider. Well, God, what, what is he? No, 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 no. You let pride set in. But humility in a season of favor, you can become a blessing. Because this is what happened to this is what happened to Joseph. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. I mean, just sold him. Yeah, we don't like him. They lied to his, to his dad, and, 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 and Jacob was, was grieved, and they sold him. They went to Egypt, and, and God elevated um, Joseph in the midst of all that. And one day, in the midst of their need, the brothers' need, they were faced with the one that they sold. And if I was Joseph, see, I keep on saying if I was because I'm not that great. If you come at me and you backtalk me and then you want to have a favor from me, I don't know if I'll be that holy. Because here comes his brothers in a, in a time of famine, in a time of need. 
And his brothers come kind of, they didn't know who, who jo- Joseph was. This was years later. Joseph looks different. I mean, he's, he's kind of royalty at this moment. Could, could, could curse them, could kill them, and he faced with his brothers, and he had one choice. I either will let pride sit and have revenge, or I will let me live in humility and bless. Because he chose humility. He had the maturity enough to bless those that cursed him. Isn't that Jesus? what Jesus did? I mean, crucify him, crucify him on the cross, forgive them. We have to make sure that in the moment of us having a chance to bless, that we won't live so life close-fisted that we're just like, oh, oh, play victim in life. No, 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 we're victors. We live life like this. I live life humility. And when God blesses, it's not only for me. Listen, I want to live a good life, but I need to be a blessing to others. And when there's an opportunity to bless, I'm ready to bless. When there's an opportunity to give, I'm ready to give. Because it's not my ability that got me to this point. That's where you have to understand. Yeah, you might have the money, the resources, and everything, but you didn't get there. God only blessed you to be there, okay? So now that I know, I got perspective to say, if God only blesses, I can be a blessing. But here's the thing. Don't let pride sit. Because pride comes before what? Pride becomes before what? She's preaching. The fall. We have to humble ourselves and be who God's called us to be. Psalms chapter 5 verse 12 for you for you bless the righteous O lord you cover him with favor as with a shield let me tell you something today as i close there's favor over your life there's a blessing over your life i'm here to tell you there's deliverance today and as we see this bloodline from Abraham to Joseph, we saw deception. We saw lying. We saw cheating. But we also saw deliverance. We also saw a blessing. And we also saw favor like none other. And I'm here to tell you today that the lessons of your bloodline can be lessons and they don't need to be your identity. From Abraham to Joseph, There were generations of lessons through this bloodline that they either learned or they still activated in. And some were learned and some were not from generation to generation. But here's the thing that God told me, and then I'm done here. There are too many people stuck in a life, stuck in life because their bloodline doesn't equal to God's promise. that what you went through and your family went through and your family did, it doesn't equal to what we talk about each and every week, his promise over your life. How can this great thing happen through such a jacked up person like me? Have you been there before? Like, Pastor Eric, I hear you, and I kind of believe this thing, but I know what I've done. I know what my family's done. I know the, the, the generations and generations of, of hurt and deceit and all these things. I, I can't, it, it can't be good for me. I'm here to tell you that's the lie of the enemy. 
that, that your mess is your mess, but it's not your message. It's not what God's called you to do. And too many people are stuck in the past, and their past doesn't identify with what God has promised them for their future. Your bloodline doesn't cancel. Your bloodline only is canceled by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you right now, that, the, that generational curse, that, 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 that thing that your family's been dealing with for years can be broken here today because of you. And yet there's not this magic thing that we do, we do a potion on and like, no, no, you got to work at it. It's going to be hard. But I'm here to tell you, somebody has to step up and say, enough is enough. For not for my family, not for my kids. Yeah, it might happen. And I'm going to take this as a lesson to not let my kids deal with the things I had to deal with. It's time for fathers to step up and say, enough is enough. As for me and my family. The bloodline doesn't determine your promise of your life. There's deliverance. The curse can be broken today. There's a blessing. He wants to still bless you. You are favored. He still loves you. And he still sees you, and you're still favored. Not through what your family did or issues in your life, but what his blood did in your life. But what his blood, because through his, through Jesus' bloodline of imperfect people came a perfect God. And through his blood, he says that you're still healed, that you're still saved, that you can still be made new, that you're still favored, that you're still loved, that you're still accepted, that you're still cherished. By his blood, you are protected. By his blood, you are blessed. By his blood, you are favored. You can say, listen, I got a new blood. I got a blood transfusion in my life today. It's time to live what God's promise has in your life. Stop looking at your past. Start looking at your future and what God has in your life. It can be broken today. It can be broken today in the name of Jesus. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you and we're in this together.